This podcast is sponsored by WorthPoint. Find out what your antiques are worth at worthpoint.com. I'm with Dan Meter at John McGinnis Auctioneers, and we meet again. How are you doing, Dan? Not too bad, Marty. How are you? So how many months ago did we do our last podcast? It was about 10 months ago, Marty, right about now. Yeah. I want to do a little bit of follow-up on that, and we're talking about the JFK auction. Now you have the, the Legends, legends. It's the Legends auction. auction. Because there's a lot more involved. Let's talk a little bit about what happened in the last auction. And I was here. Uh, I couldn't believe what was going on. You couldn't stop the people from bidding. No. So let's talk a, a little bit about the highlights, and let's also talk about what's changed in your life since that time <laughs> and the auction house's life. We've had a lot of stuff going on since then, stuff that was actually happening that I couldn't talk to you about while you were here, while we were doing the podcast. When we had the Dave Powers collection uh, and the news broke, the phone started ringing off the hook and the email started coming in. We had people that were trying to get us to add things to that collection. We mm -hmm. left that collection pure. It's yes. exactly as we got it from the estate. There were no additions. It was all directly from the Powers estate. So we amassed this list of things uh, from people with similar situations. They were very closely connected with the president, with the White House, with the administration. And uh, they had really spectacular things as well. So we had this list. We compiled it. And then, of course, we had the auction, and the auction broke all kinds of records in all different minutes, <laughs> which longevity and everything else. I mean, we had, we yeah. Had some... Let's talk about the longevity <laughs> real quickly, because I was here and yeah. watched it, and I it, remember it... sending you a note saying, "You realize you're going." I got a text. Lots. We're up there on the podium, and Marty sending me text saying, uh, "If you go at this rate, you're not going to end till five o'clock in the morning." Well, he was right. <laughs> we yeah. ended at five thirteen the next day. We started at eleven o'clock on a Sunday, and we ended on a Monday at five thirteen in the morning. And, and that's, that's got to be a record. They believe me. it's a world record for the longest continuously <laughs> live auction like that. And uh, the, just the bomber jacket alone, we saw J John F. Kennedy's the president's bomber jacket, and that took seventeen and a half minutes to sell. Wow. You know, it, it was the situation where a lot of people that actually purchased at that auction and bid at that auction had never really participated before in an auction That's right. format. That's slowed so the way down. It's it slowed them way down. And what was I supposed to do? Tell them not to bid? And you let's know, talk so. about the price of that jacket. The price, uh, with all, when all was said and done, it sold for $665,500. Wow. Yeah. So we had do an estimate in, in the last, 20 to 40. Do you remember in the last podcast we did together what we were... <laughs> guessing that was going to sell for? I yeah. think it was in the twos or something. Yeah, yeah we, we didn't really know. You know, it, yeah. it was all, you know, speculation. But we knew it was going to be good. We knew that it was going to go for some real money. But who could have anticipated? You know, you yeah. just can't predict those kinds of things. And can we talk about who bought it? Uh, we can talk about it, but I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, uh, I can tell, tell you one type New of York person City, that but, bought it. Uh, it was a person that uh, it will probably, he, he wants to remain anonymous. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, I shouldn't even say he. The people want to remain anonymous. Is it a private collection? It, it, yes, it's definitely private, but he wants to make it a public format. So eventually it might get out on display uh, in some format somewhere. Yeah. So uh, that's yet to be seen. Um, but uh, it, it went to a, I'll just tell you, it went to a great, great spot. You know, so the, the person, the, the people that got it, they, the, it, is, it is, you know, it's, it's treasured. So uh, as it should have been. I guess I can say this. I helped you out a little bit with this auction and cataloging. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. This one that we're doing right now. Yes. Sure. And, um, you know, it, it was a lot of work, but I got to tell you that it was also a very emotional 
It is. It's do. an emotional roller coaster. Uh, what we're dealing with is uh, because of that auction, because of the Dave Powers collection, and because of all the calls that we got, then the prices realized, then the phone even rang more off the hook. I've traveled the country three times, and See. basically I picked up collections here, there, everywhere else, from very intimate sources to the president and his administration. So we got things that were not typical. So it brings out those emotions that you speak of. So you look at these things, and you can see, just like we did with the Dave Powers collection, that this is a real person here. You think of it as a, yeah. like what we're calling this, the legend auction. You think of these people as a legend, and, but really they are real people. And you yeah. see that when you look at the things that we get from the closeness, it shows you that dramatic point, I think, that it brings it close to home. And you That's say, right. you know what? Yeah. This guy was a real person. And they were dealing with issues just like we deal with. That's right. And you know, one one thing I'll just bring up that you were working on a collection that uh, this came from a photojournalist from Hyannis, and yeah. his name uh, uh, he's passed away. It came through his uh, family. It was uh, Frank Falacci, and he was very close with the president and the the Kennedy family, and that he was stationed right there at Hyannis. So he yeah. saw them come and go and everything. He was there for the duration of the presidential campaign and afterwards, you know, any time that, hmm. usually these were good times. You know, they were at the Cape, they were having fun. That was his favorite place. So you saw some things there, though, that really sparked this emotion. And it's a fact that a lot of people don't even realize that uh, they, they were going to have another child, and yes. Jackie gave birth, yep. and the child uh, didn't make it. He lived about 36 hours. Yeah. And in what you were working, you could see exactly what was going on yes. with this collection. And I think tormented. that's... Yeah, yeah it, was, it was really a, a sad time. And, you know, they had to show a public face of we're brave yep. and strong and we're, we'll hold them up fine, but it devastated them. And they had been going through a rocky patch. Jack and Jackie had... Uh, you know, they, they had ups and downs. Everybody is familiar with some of the scenarios that people talk about. And it's true that they, they did have uh, 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 some good times and some bad times. And this really brought them closer together than they had since they got engaged. Mm. I think that this this uh, death of their child really, really made them realize what life was really about and meant to the two of them. And I, th I think that that is really something that... Uh, the American public doesn't really get. Right. You know? And that was just a few months away from just, the end. Yeah, just a few months. This was, yeah, yeah. just in August. Uh, yeah. He passed away just a few months later. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I know I was talking about the stuff that I worked on. I jumped right in with that. Sure. But when you're calling this the legends, can you talk about the variety and well, that's amazing that's things? that's what this that's the amazing thing about this auction. You know, the the Day Pause collection was amazing in its own right. That was a specific collection. This one is a we probably have around thirty five consigners in this auction, and we literally have tens of thousands of objects. If you counted them up individually, mm -hmm. you you know firsthand. You help yeah. me. Uh, th there is a tremendous volume of things that have never been seen before, newly discovered, and they run the gamut. All right, it's not just. Uh, President Kennedy and the Kennedy family. That's why we call it the Legends. It's an auction summit. It's three days. It's three days long. We have so much stuff. Might be even to the night. Who knows what's going to yeah. happen again? We don't really After know. Last time. But uh, to go back a little bit, two days after we finished the presidential auction, I was out in Los Angeles for another. I remember that. Yeah, I yeah. was out there for for another purpose, and uh, we got an email in, and I read it, and it was something that was uh, very intriguing. I listened. I, I, I saw it, and it said that it was this person had some things that related to the president, the president's brother-in-law, and uh, 
it happened, he put his phone number down, and it was a 310 area code. And I just happened to be right yeah. there. I was in Culver City. And uh, I called him up, and uh, we had a nice little conversation on the phone, and it turned out he was 15 minutes from my hotel. <laughs> so he comes over. I, had a, I was working doing uh, something, and I had a little block of time. So he put together a little snippet of what he had, brought it over to my hotel. And to make a long story short, this was the son of Milton Evans. And Milton Evans was a Hollywood mogul. He, he represented everybody from Count Basie to uh, Vic Damone and uh, uh, Billy Eckstein and uh, you name it. But the one person that he was the closest to was Peter Lawford. And Peter Lawford, as you know, was a member of the Rat Pack. He was married to Pat Kennedy. It was President Kennedy's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. So this collection was very, very, very similar to the Dave Powers collection in that it was files and that kind of thing. So it, it encompassed correspondence, photographs, everything, but not just what you would think. You know, you think, okay, well, it, it's probably just Hollywood-related stuff and that kind of thing. Well, he and uh, Peter and Milton Evans uh, started this... Uh, production company was called Chris Law Productions. Peter originally was an MGM player, and those that those days ended, and he started his own production company through Joe Kennedy, to be honest with you, uh, Jack's father. He, he wanted him to be more than just an actor, I believe, that he wanted mm-hmm. him to really be a producer and, and, and go along with that. Well, Peter, he liked to have fun, and, and he liked to have a good time. He didn't really want to do it, but he did it. But really, Milton was the catalyst of the organization. Milton did most of the work and, and got things done. Well, these files encompass everything within Chris Law Productions. So all of the things that they did together as, as a production company, so it's all the behind-the-scenes uh, scripts and writings and comings and goings, that kind of thing, that you would find in a Hollywood studio. But it's more because it has the relationship of Peter Lawford to the White House presidency. Peter Lawford and Frank Sinatra were the catalyst for the Hollywood, really, promotion of the president. You know, uh, Joe Kennedy had made sure that uh, they had all their bases covered, and they utilized Peter's friendship with Frank Sinatra, and they utilized Frank Sinatra to get the vote out. You know, they they went and did everything they possibly could do to try to get the president elected. Mm -hmm. And we have the background... All, all of that kind of stuff involved with that. That uh, th- There's an A and B list, okay, of the people <laughs> that supported the president out in Hollywood. And Peter writes this letter to the president. He was newly elected at this point, so he's president-elect. And, and the president had asked him, well, president-elect had asked him, would you uh, uh, give me a list of who I'm supposed to thank out there, right? Yeah. He knew certain ones, but he, he wanted to make sure he covered all his bases. Well, Peter wrote up an A list and a B list. We have that A list and B list. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. You know, yeah. we have those kind of things. But the fascinating thing is, Peter and Frank Sinatra were really in charge of the inaugural gala. Now, this was the first time that Hollywood partook in such an event. Sure. So he, they put together this extravaganza. It was a who's who of Hollywood of that day. So you're thinking 1960, 1961, okay? It's everybody that you can think of, from Nat King Cole to Harry Belafonte, uh, Ethel Merman, Jimmy Durante, uh, T- Tony Curtis, Vivian Leigh. Everybody's there. All right. Well, we have all of the contracts and everything that they had to sign to be on the show. We have actually photographs that Milton Evans took of Peter and Frank and all of the crew working on a board, uh, uh, the flight out to Washington, D.C. from Hollywood. You know, they're working. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing stuff. You know, it's and we have, you know, Peter, excuse me, Frank. Uh, after the inaugural gala, and then they all stayed for the inauguration and everything, Peter threw a party for the, uh, the, the cast members that were in the thing. And we have the menus for that, and it's just out of this world. Wow. You know? and so it's, it's really, a, a, really an interesting 
element in our society that is really unknown. You know, you think about it, you hear about all the speculation, that kind of stuff of what did Hollywood really do? Well, we have it. We have it right here. Wow. Now, I know that Frank Sinatra, there was a link to him and the mob, and there was going to be a party. That was yes. and, and Frank was very upset because it was canceled. I guess he threw a temper tantrum. It, it was Do this you have is well documented. Yeah, you have that documentation or well, something. Well, about. it's all documented. But what we have that's in that regard, which is really, you know, we have a lot of controversial things in this auction. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it, this is not this is not an antique auction. Okay, <laughs> let's get that right up front. This is an auction of mid-century, like mid-century modern. This is what we're talking about. This is. You know, you think of Mad Men and all these things relevant today. Well, this is the things that were going on. This is the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's really an unbelievable snippet of, yeah. of, of life. So they, just as you mentioned, there was this big uh, problem with Frank Sinatra and the president and Peter Lawford and all of them. Well, what was going on was Frank was going to uh, be having the president come over to his house for the first time as president. He had been there before, but he wasn't president. Mm. So this was a big honor. You know, Frank was very excited about it. Here he is, he's buddies with the president of the United States. So Frank does over his whole house. Okay, yeah. does the whole thing Sorry. over, gets yeah. it all fixed up for him. The, the creme de la creme is he puts in a helipad for the helicopter That's right. to come in. Okay, yeah, so yeah, he puts yeah. in this helipad, <laughs> and he's all set. Well, time's going by. The issue arose within the Kennedy administration that J. Edgar Hoover was really coming down on the mafia. And they believed that with Frank's connections, uh, that that could get the president in trouble. Frank was friends with Sam Giancana, and uh, they did not want that connection to come back to the White House. So Bobby said, look, we cannot go out there. We can't risk this. We can't stay at Frank Sinatra's house. It's going to look really bad. Something can come out. Jay Gahuva, he could be having, you know, you know, really coming down on us. So they had to start looking for another place to stay out there, and they didn't tell Frank right away. Hmm. So they sent out this list, and Peter Lawford's out there, of course. You know, he's right out there in California, and this was going to be in Palm Springs. They were going to be going out there. So they came up with this list of homes for them to check out, and Peter Lawford has this list, and, you know, they're checking out. And then the Secret Service has to look at them to see which ones are going to be the safest and everything. So we have this list, and on the bottom of the list is Bing Crosby's house. So you look at the list, and it doesn't have the best review from the Secret Service or anything else for specific, you know, security reasons. But anyway, it, it seemed like it was the best one, and they end up saying, okay, this is where we're going to go. Well, all of a sudden, Evelyn Lincoln... Uh, uh, she, uh, she decided, I, well, they must have told her that she had to call over to Frank's and tell him that they, they couldn't make it, that they weren't going to be able to come there. Yeah. So that was it. You know, Frank was upset, of course. You know, he just put all this money in and everything else. That was bad enough, okay? That was bad enough. Well, <laughs> where did they end up going? What do you think the last name on that list was? They end up going to Bing Crosby's house up yeah. there. Okay, now Frank Sinatra at the time was a big-time Democrat, supporter of the president and everything else. Bing Crosby was a big-time Republican. Huh. He was livid, okay? <laughs> so we, we have this, that's the catalyst to get you to what to know what we have here in the auction. We have the, 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 like the list of the homes that they were looking at. Then we have the uh, list. It was a to-do list uh, that Peter Lawford had done up for the president's visit. So we have this piece of paper, and it's got this list itemized uh, with things. One's uh, contacting Barry Hilton for the use of his plane. Another one's to contact P.S. Allinger, uh, contact the Secret Service, all these different things. But handwritten on there, in uh, right underneath the typed part of the thing, there's all check marks and everything, and in Peter's own writing. And he didn't write a lot. He had a, he had a, a problem with his uh, uh, hand, his arm, actually. So he writes in Marilyn Monroe and then... The next number would be uh, Pat Newcomb, 
Now, Pat Newcomb was the best friend, manager, and, and uh, assistant to Marilyn Monroe. Now, this is written on this piece of paper in Peter Lawford's own hands. Now, this is the one that everyone talks about. You know, we think Marilyn Monroe was out there and blah, blah, blah. Well, there it is on this piece of paper. So it's pretty telling. All right, so we have that. And then the other thing that we have is the letter that uh, Bing Crosby did not stay that weekend. All right, mm -hmm. he was letting the president use it with his buddies, you know. And he left the president a nice little note, a little letter. And I have that letter in oh, this wow. auction. And it's, it's a little tongue-in-cheek joke about if, if it's cold, I left, he left him some liquor, that kind of thing. So yeah. it's kind of a, that's, that's kind of a fun thing. That's so cool. we do have some really interesting things yeah. that are controversial that, you know, what we have is fact. You know, we have things that are here, and this is, you know, this is pure. This is things that have just been discovered, that have been in cold storage for the last over 40 years. Yeah. You know, this stuff, you know, Milton Evans died a few years ago, and the son inherited everything, and it was all stored away. I flew out uh, uh, after I made the initial contact with them. I flew back out there, and I, they took it out of storage for me and brought it to their home, and I searched through the stuff for five days, going wow. through every single Is piece of paper. Right? Yeah, five days I was out there wow. and uh, went through every single bit of it. And uh, it's it's just amazing some of the stuff that we found in there, some of the history that, that, uh, that it involves. So we have other Marilyn Monroe stuff, too, because Peter Lawford, I don't know if you know, but he was the last one to speak to Marilyn Monroe. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah. So we have things that relate uh, to that. Uh, we have some phone records and things from when he came back into the Crystal Arb offices. And it's, a, it's an amazing list of people who they were contacting, you know, from everybody from the Attorney General, Bobby Kennedy, to Frank Sinatra, to the President, to you name it. You know, a lot of phone calls were going on. Uh, so we have a lot of things that re relate to Marilyn. But the most unbelievable thing that I have that relates to Marilyn Monroe is it's probably the most iconic uh, 20th century introduction in the 20th century, if not ever in American history, is the introduction to Marilyn Monroe to the crowd at Madison Square Garden into the president so that she could sing happy birthday. I have really? Peter Lawford's speech. Yeah. And if you watch the film footage of him, you can see him looking down and he's reading it. I have that speech. And the next moment after he reads it, when she does come out on the stage, he puts his arm around. So this is about the closest I'll ever get to Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll get never in any closer. And that's when and, she does her happy birthday song. Yeah, and then she breaks wow. into... Uh, to the mel med melody of uh, Thanks for the Memories, uh, Thanks, Mr. President. And so she sings these lyrics, okay? So I actually have additional lyrics that were hers that she never sang, okay? Oh, wow. So I have that. I have the original speech of Peter Lawford's. I have three alternative speeches just in case of time. They had, had it by the second, you know, depending on how much time. But uh, I have that. And the other interesting thing to know is Milton Evans, a lot of people wouldn't have heard of him. You know, he was behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Well, he actually is the one that pushed Marilyn up on stage. And when you see Marilyn coming out, you'll see a figure running off up from behind into the side. That's Milton Evans. He brought her up there. So it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty cool stuff. I mean, you know, you watch that, and you, you, it gives you chills. I mean, everybody knows that introduction. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. we have his speech. I mean, it's pretty wow. interesting. And then it was unfortunate use of terms. It ends with the late Marilyn Monroe. She only died a few months later. Yeah. Uh, but it, and we have a letter from the producer of the show thanking Peter Lawford as well uh, for coming up with the idea to have her come on last. That was Peter's idea. The whole thing. So we have a lot of behind the scenes things. It's yeah. really amazing. This is just, and that's one whole day of the sale. It's a three day auction. This is the third day. This is the third session of the auction, and that boils down to probably around. Uh, I don't know if it's 650 lots, something like that. And that's all Hollywood-related from everything. You're talking about the Peter Lawford. Yeah, that yeah. collection mm -hmm. part of it is all. Uh, we have every actor and actress that you can think of, all the programs that he was ever on, all the things that they produced. We have the original scripts from Ocean's Eleven. 
Okay. Wow. We have the original scripts. We have behind the scenes stuff on that. We have uh, photographs. We have letters and documents. Um, uh, it's it's just amazing. We have things from his Thin Man series, from uh, uh, all different vestiges. We have uh, Peter, uh, Milton Ebbins' collection of jewelry. People used to give him jewelry. So we huh. have all this Hollywood jewelry that's just beautiful. Wow. All gold. It's really n- nice stuff. I mean, it's really one whole day of just Hollywood and the president and their relationship and through the marriage. So there's a tremendous amount of Kennedy-related stuff within this collection. It's really special. Wow. Now, Lawford had kind of a checkered life, didn't he? Sort of a, a tough he, life. He had a tough life. He, the, it basically started with Marilyn Monroe, okay, because it devastated him that he didn't go back. You know, Milton basically said, you know, when he, they, they were having a party that night, and Peter was going to, he kept, Marilyn was having a bad day, and he was trying to get her to come over. They were going to play cards and have a little uh, food. And she didn't want to come. She didn't want to come. So he kept calling her. And, and finally, uh, she, she just said no. So they, they, he called back one last time. He didn't, she didn't answer the phone. And Milton said to Peter, like, look, if something's going on, you know, let her, her attorney, call the attorney, have him go over there and check it out. They didn't really want, if there was an issue, you know, the, the fact of the matter is Marilyn had these episodes that were quite frequent. Yeah. And she would uh, take these uh, this medication, and she would fall asleep, and she'd wake up, and she couldn't remember if she took it or not, so she'd take it over again. Mm. So this was a, a familiar occurrence to the Lawfords into Milton Evans, and it was like, here we go again, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it, she, she had this issue that this would happen, and uh, this particular time, it, it took a turn for the worse, and she, she didn't make it. And, uh, you know, I've heard this directly from the people that ha- knew her and the people that I've had to deal with out in California, and they've all told me exactly the same. I mean, Milton knew what was going on, and they, they said, you know, it devastated Peter. You know, yeah. he never got over that fact. He yeah. really loved Marilyn. Pat did, too, his wife. They, they really, really loved Marilyn, and uh, it, it was a tragedy that he had a hard time getting over. And then, of course, the next year... He was buddies with President Kennedy. They were yeah. really buddies. They had a lot of good times together. That devastated him. Then, of course, as time went on, he had a rocky relationship with his wife. Mm-hmm. And shortly thereafter, Bobby gets assassinated. Yeah. And that was that was it. You know, that was mm-hmm. it. Then he really took a, a spiral. You know, uh, there was a little bit of alcohol involved and different drugs yeah. and that kind of thing. And he led a life that was very self-destructive. And yeah. uh, it's a shame. Uh, but when they folded up Chris Law Productions, which is where the bulk of the files are, are really from... They, uh, Peter gave them all to Milton and said, you know, here, I don't want any part of it. You know, he was going through a rough patch. He's like, I, I don't want this stuff. You just take it, you handle it. And there it sat for the last 40 something years. So it's really, it's a time capsule. That's just, you know, uh, it, it's a very interesting period in our lives. Yeah. You know, there's always conspiracy about Marilyn Monroe's death. Yes, and, yes. and so that, that actually shed some light on it. But you also have some papers of sort of another conspiracy, Oswald. Yes, we do. We have another we have another collection that is in that relates to it's actually Lee Harvey Oswald's mother uh, gets involved with this and it's through an interview or correspondence with Playboy magazine of all things yeah and it it's it's an amazing group of back and forth correspondence that uh, talks about all of the different things that are still relevant today that everybody thinks oh well it couldn't mm-hmm. have been just him and the the bottom line of it is that we have these letters from his mother. They're saying, you know, my son did not do this. It's, you know, at least 
I have somebody on my side now through this correspondence that's on her side that believes that he didn't do it alone, that there were other people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really an interesting group of letters. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have some Ernest Hemingway things. We have another. This collection is uh, it's basically similar to the John F. Kennedy and Dave Powers situation where Dave Powers was his right-hand man. This collection came from Roberto uh, Herrera Sotolongo. And he was Ernest Hemingway's right-hand man. He was paid all of his bills for him. He did everything from over in Cuba as far as uh, taking care of anything to do with the house and all that kind of stuff. He was also his photographer. He would travel with him on trips. Uh, a lot of his photographs are well-documented through history. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in museums and that kind of thing. Well, we have Roberto's correspondence with Ernest Hemingway. We have, uh, I can't tell you how many letters, back and forth, between Ernest Hemingway, Papa, and... Uh, uh, Roberto, and they're very uh, telling. They're very telling. He uses choice language, and I'm talking about Ernest. He talks <laughs> in a very matter-of-fact way. He talks about his his uh, airplane crashes. He talks about his health. He talks about his orifices and different functions <laughs> that are going on, and you know things that you don't want to talk about on your podcast. But uh, it's it's really an amazing collection. And in that, we have autographed books. And he hated autographing books, so there's not a lot of them out there. Yeah. But he did them for Roberto, of course, and. Uh, we have a collection of the checks because Roberto did all the checks and everything. We have, I think, I, if I remember correctly, I think we have about 85 signed checks by Ernest Hemingway. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so that's amazing. almost every, I think just about every lot, there's about, I think there's 100 or 102 lots of Hemingway within the auction. And each one of them, I believe, has a signature involved. I think all of them do. And some have two wow. because we have all these photographs. And I figured if somebody wanted to use a check with a photograph, they could put a nice little you yeah. know, a thing to hang on the wall. Yeah. Now, um, last auction, it was the flight jacket, and then there were, I remember, the last day of the president um, from Dave Powers, his mm, yes. notes, mm-hmm. that sold for how much? Was it 60 No, that sold for uh, 75000 75000 yeah. That's amazing. So let's talk about the highlights in this, this sale. The, this auction, it's really difficult to come up with just a few choice things. We have so many great things, but I'll, I'll tell you a few of them. Uh, we have some extraordinary things from uh, Lem Billings. Lem Billings was President Kennedy's best friend from their days at prep school at Choate. And he was his roommate. They were best buddies uh, right up till the day he, he died. Lem Billings had a room at the White House. Wow. Okay. Uh, he had passed away in 1981, and his... Uh, his uh, it, Items, his, his collections were divided up between his niece and uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. Uh, they inherited everything. So I get this phone call, and it is from uh, the niece of Lem Billings. And I, you know, I knew all about Lem Billings, but I, 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 you know, I just assumed that stuff was long gone. Well, she had saved some really important things that were very close to Lem, and she had seen how we handled the Dave Powers estate and felt that you know, we were the right people to use uh, with the things that she had. So she consigned with me uh, President Kennedy's cashmere blazer. Mm. Okay? I mean, it's really a very comfortable thing when you think about it. This is something that he wouldn't wear when he was in the office. This was when he was relaxing, having fun, and everything else. It's made by Harris. It was custom made by Harris, who was the president's tailor. He used Harris, and then he used chips. But this one was Harris's. And uh, on the inside of the inside pocket, I flipped it open, and I found the original inside label that says President Kennedy, President J.F. Kennedy, uh, I think it's December 21st, uh, 1961. 
Wow. Uh, I mean, it's really great. It has the presidential wow. buttons on now, it. Now, you had that blazer, and you told me you found the name afterwards. Yeah, right? they, yeah. The, the family didn't know. She had yeah. no idea. I'm looking for telltale signs like uh, burn marks within the, the, the pocket because burns. he put the cigars in his yeah. pocket when he was smoking them. <laughs> and I'm looking for those kind of things. But then when I flipped on the inside pocket, that's when I found I wrote her right that night, and I said, you're not going to believe what I found. And she was she was very happy. She was thrilled. Yeah. Um, I, the provenance was impeccable. We didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. You know, we knew it was as right as rain. Yeah. But uh, this was just like, you know, that's it's really nice. So from her, I, I got that. I got, uh, I believe it's just about, if not, the earliest uh, uh, signed photograph by the future president. Uh, he's 18 years old. And wow. it's Tulem from, from, from really? Jack Kennedy. Yeah, from Is their it? choke days, from 1935. Wow. And I believe it's the earliest one. I know that he did two uh, around that time. I think the other one's a little bit later. Uh, I know that Lem had another one, and I don't know where that is. I don't. I, I don't know who got that, but uh, I do have this one, and it has a really nice sentiment in it. So that's a real special thing. Yeah. Uh, and another thing that I got from him was the. Uh, it's a 14 karat gold medal uh, that was presented to Lem when they uh, opened the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. Lem was really the catalyst for the naming of that. Uh, and uh, they presented Lem with a 14-karat gold medal. It weighs about six ounces, six mm-hmm. trillion ounces of gold. Mm-hmm. And uh, the funny thing about that is uh, uh, Richard Nixon was president at the time in 71 when they opened that, and they presented President Nixon with a set. They gave him a sterling one and a gold-filled one. <laughs> <laughs> Lem got they, the 14-karat gold they one. They couldn't spring. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that that was interesting. So I have some really really special things from from uh, the Billings uh, family. I also have things from uh, the this guy was the handyman, uh, and he did chauffeuring and everything during the Senate years of President Kennedy. His his name was last name was Boyer, and uh, we got through them seven pairs of Jackie's shoes, two purses. Wow. Um, some really special things from them. That was a closeness that you just can't, you know, it, it's just amazing. I got some, a few items from President Kennedy's godson. I got a beautiful uh, set of uh, three different uh, prints that they both signed uh, for him for each of the Christmases uh, during the White House years. And actually, they, he, the president had signed the last one before he passed away. Uh, so I have uh, three uh, beautiful prints uh, of that. Another amazing collection that we have within this in... I'm using amazing and extraordinary a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not exaggerating when I say <laughs> these things. You know, you know, we're we're all jaded in this business. You and I, we've yeah. known each other for a long time, and we've both seen a lot of things over the years. Mm. But this this is really special stuff, and this amazing collection that I have is the actual letters to Jackie Kennedy's milliner. Okay, talking about the inauguration and what she's going to wear. Okay, now when you think of Jackie Kennedy and you think of the inauguration and all, what, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Her hat. All right, that's the first thing. You think of those pillbox hats and her outfit and how mm-hmm. perfect she was and the way she portrayed herself. Well, I have the letters that she wrote to Marita O'Connor, who was her milliner. She worked at Bergdorf Goodman. She worked with Halston. She worked with Oleg Cassini. And we have the correspondence to Jackie in her own words that is so eye-opening, and it gives you the exact feelings that she has within herself and what her sense of style was and the way she wanted to portray herself. She relied on Marita to the point where she asked her, would you be my personal shopper? And that coined that phrase. And Bergdorf Goodman, I believe, was the first uh, store in the United States to offer a personal shopper service. So, And we have that Jackie Kennedy, thank for it, and I have that letter. 
Hmm. And in these letters, uh, she speaks very frankly. She speaks about, in her own sense, I could call it humor. I mean, she 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 reflects and talks in a manner that is very personable. And uh, it's very eye-opening, very eye-opening. She was very deliberate in what she wanted, and she knew how she wanted to portray herself, and she took great strides at a time that her husband was just elected as president. Okay, these mm-hmm. letters started around November 15th. He just won the presidency on November 8th, so he's president-elect. She's given birth in a couple of weeks, all right? So mm-hmm. she's as pregnant as you can be. And she's, she's thinking about this fashion to the point where she needed to get it done in order to, to get this to happen in January. And uh, it's a great, great collection of letters with the samples involved and little pieces of magazines and newspapers that should write on and say, Marita, this is what I want. I want this little bow just like this, that kind of thing. And then it tra- travels her life uh, after the assassination as well. And you can see how she wants to portray herself in the private sector. All right. So she's gone through that period of being out in the limelight. She wants to reflect and go back. And she talks about, she was moving to New York and she says, I want a beret, something that I could wear in the park. You know, just, you know, you can tell she wants to blend in. She wants to feel, you know, stylish still, but she wants to blend in. So it's really an amazing, really amazing collection. Hmm. Now, also, one of the highlights, we're standing right beside her right now, the rocking chair. You want to talk about that? Well, that's another thing that I could use a couple of adjectives for that one as well. And this is... These the rocking chairs are very very famous when you think of President Kennedy. Yeah. Everybody knows the story. Some have sold for four hundred and forty thousand, four hundred thirty thousand, three hundred thirty thousand. They they sell for a lot of money. Uh, they each have an own, their own story. What a lot of people don't understand is he had around fourteen of them, yeah. and they were doctor prescribed. Uh, doctor Travell, I believe, was the uh, physician that was the president's physician at the time, and she measured the president's bones, basically his arms and all the elements, and she fashioned these Carolina rockers so that the cushions would be the exact dimensions to fit his body so that if he was rocking in this, it would put the least amount of stress on himself. Mm-hmm. He was in terrible pain all the time. Right. He was in chronic pain. Yeah. So if he rocked and you, you kept his arms on the thing, he would be the right height so that there would be the least amount of stress on him. So they were doctor prescribed. They had them stationed where he needed them. This particular rocking chair, we talked a little bit before about Hyannis and the relationship that we have to a lot of the things that relate to Hyannis. This is the Cape Cod-based rocking chair, okay? So this was rocking chair was used when he was at his happiest times. Yeah. He, he would be uh, at the compound. He'd be at Otis Air Force Base. He would be at Squire Island because yeah, as time went on, they didn't allow the president to stay at the compound. Yeah. The Secret Service felt that that wasn't safe enough, so he had a place over in Squire Island. Mm-hmm. So this pre- this rocking chair would travel with him where he went on the Is that right? Yes. <laughs> and it, it was used in the most happiest times that, that they had. But again, it was also used at Otis Air Force Base where, uh, yeah. where Jackie gave birth to Patrick yeah. uh, when he yeah. passed away. So during the convalescing period that they were going through at that time. Jackie stayed in the hospital for about a week. They brought this rocking chair in, and this is the one that he used. When it, 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 All I can say is if you can think about what those cushions and what this rocking chair holds yeah. for the emotions, the happy times and the sad times, I mean, it's really, really a special rocking chair. This, by the way, came directly through the family of the commander of Otis Air Force Base. And uh, oh. he it was in their family. It's never been off for sale or anything like that. This has been within this family. Uh, his last name was Walters. It was Colonel Walters. And uh, he passed away a few years ago, and it was kind of signed through me, the, the family to me to, to, to auction off. And uh, it really is a special thing. It really I remember is a when you, I was helping you out here when you were Yeah, I had to go down, down to Washington, to Washington, yeah. Washington D.C., and 
drove back with him yeah. just like that. It, it was it's really you drove straight thing. back overnight too. Or oh yeah, yeah. I, I went right straight down right you straight back. You were scared to stop. Yeah, I wasn't gonna stop. Yeah, I have insurance on me. That's why, and I didn't want to have to worry about getting out of the car or something. So yeah, I, I was covered. But uh, that's just one of the other things we haven't talked about. The most unbelievable thing, as good as all this stuff sounds, is it the pens? Yes. Let's talk yeah, about the pens. Yeah. What we have is a collection that's basically unheard of. And we're selling it in its entirety, just as we got it. It's a framed uh, example of the most uh, extraordinary uh, events of the 1960s. And these came from the liaison of the House of Representatives to the President of the United States. So these are the presidential bill-signing pens that were used for 50 different bills. And they start in 1961... And they go through the president's, uh, President Kennedy's presidency till he was assassinated. Lyndon Johnson took over. This liaison stayed on through Johnson right up through 1967. So they number 50 total that were selling in one lot in the auction. Uh, each one has a name plaque underneath it that correlates with the uh, act, uh, the bill that was signed into law. And we have the Peace Corps. We have the civil rights pen. Wow. We have the uh, man on the moon pen. Hmm. Uh, we have even welfare. We ha the list is just unbelievable. You need to really see this thing to believe it. When you see it and you, you just look at the history that's in this one thing, I mean, it's really a treasure. It really is. I mean, it's really I, extraordinary. I would consider that probably is the top lot. It, 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 by all rights, it should. We had two pens in the Dave Powers collection. One was a, a Cuban Missile Crisis pen. I think we sold that for around 28000 And then we also <laughs> had the pen that was um, uh, the pen used by Lyndon Johnson to sign into uh, law the naming of the uh, Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. It was going to be the National Center. And right after the assassination in January, I believe it was of the next year, we had that pen in the document that was, that was presented to Dave Powers. And that one sold for 14000 So by all rights, this, this, this is really an extraordinary thing. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're listening to this before the auction, you can watch the auction live on Live mm -hmm. Auctioneers. Yes. And yes. you can watch it all three days. And mm -hmm. Dan, why don't you go ahead and give the website information, uh, catalog information, anything someone would need to find out more well, information the about the easiest this. thing to do, whether it's happened or not, you can always go to our website. So if you're looking before or afterwards, we'll have some information up uh, so people can refer back to this. But uh, it's uh, mckinnisauctions.com, M-C-I-N-N-I-S, auctions with an S at the end of it, .com. And on there, you'll find links to the Legends Auction. It's, we're calling it an auction summit because it is going to bring together a very unique group of people. And uh, it's three days from November 22nd to November 24th. Uh, the Friday auction session will begin at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and we, we will be again commencing on Saturday at 10 a.m. and Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, with three different sessions, and each day brings its own course of items like we previously talked. And we just hit the surface. We have 1,600 yes. lots. I have the Leukemia Lymphoma Tribute to Jackie collection of Jack Lowe photographs. I have the high peskin negatives from the Life magazine that brought Jackie and Jack together as out known as a couple when they first got engaged. I have 230 of his original negatives. I have the... Uh, 
photographers of the tra uh, Trans World Media Syndicate, which is like the AP of today, with hundreds of photographs that have never been seen before with the original negatives. Okay, that's just a few things. I have Frank Mastro's collections of Merrill Monroe. All of these collections that it's just... People really need, if they, if they hear about this in time, really need to come and see it. If not, look at our catalog online. You'll see the three different links for the catalogs. We have a, a flip book, they call it. So it gives you a little, it, we have a little book that uh, is, well, it's a little. It has a hundred and something pages to it. But it gives you a little snippet of some of the collections and provenance. So you can see where these things actually came from. Uh, so all the information is on our website. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be uh, an, an auction to remember, uh, and if you're hearing about it after the fact, I, I hope it's in a positive light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they can go check out the prices later too. Yes, yeah, it'll be. We'll put. We'll post the prices realized on the site. Yeah. So, is someone going to be able to get a hard catalog online? Well, online everything is visible, so you'd be yeah. able to see every photograph of every lot. It's all right there, and you can actually bid online. So, if, if you you yeah. get through live auctioneers, so it's all visible, all sixteen hundred lots thereabouts uh, with photographs. But in addition to that, we're also putting together what's well, already done. We we put together uh, a supplemental. Uh, uh, beautiful arrangement of photographs and that type of thing in the provenance uh, of these collections that would be basically if you wanted to get one of those what we're doing is selling that with the, the intent of figuring out how many people are going to be sitting in our audience because we can mm -hmm. only hold around 400 people yeah. uh, in, in our gallery so that that will if you if you Go to our website. You'll find that on there and find out the information for that. And that guarantees you basically a seat to the auction. If you purchase that, you're guaranteed a seat. Now, anybody can come. And if we have seats, they can take them. But if you want to be guaranteed a seat, this is the only way we can make it fair. So we've done this uh, so that people can, can have the opportunity to make sure if they're coming from a, large, a long distance, they, they can have a seat. Uh, excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much. And I wish you nothing but the best luck with this auction. Well, thank you, Marty, and thanks for yeah. your help with it, too. Yeah. It was <laughs> a blast. It's been fun, wasn't it? It was a yeah, blast. Was quite, a, quite an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by WorthPoint. Find out what your antiques are worth at worthpoint.com.